And just take this first minute to just let yourself turn in that direction of gratitude. And let that settle into the heart. Take a look around, if you like, at our sangha. Let yourself receive the gift of these beautiful hearts that are expressions of your heart here to support you. And knowing that your presence is also supporting each person here. Let that into your heart. So, friends, I'm still really resonating with what Susie said yesterday about gratitude. And last night, you know, this sense of gratitude, which can connect us to a sense of belonging, was so beautiful. And then last night in her closing meditation, she linked gratitude and generosity, saying that as we sense into the grateful heart, it naturally wants to flow out as generosity. Beautiful. And then generosity, again, connects us to something larger than ourselves. To a sense of interconnection. And what we're kind of the movement of this generosity, at the heart of that generosity, you can see my hand doing this, you know, this movement. And what is this movement? This movement is the movement of non-clinging. It's the movement of offering, offering. And it's the opposite of clinging. And of course, we we cling so automatically and naturally to our love, our care, affection. We kind of, at least I have a kind of a, I I can withdraw quite easily. That this clinging, we know, is what the Buddhist understanding talks about as being at the heart of suffering. When we cling, we cling to a sense, particularly of a sense of separate self, sense of me. And what this generosity does is help cultivate this non-clinging and this movement out of this sense of separate self. Wes Nisker talks about this. I love how he says it. He says that, we, we release a little bit the tight shoe of separate self. And so we can see in that this is, we can see in this that generosity is a liberation practice at the heart of it. It's a liberation practice. And I, I love this quote from 
or this this quote from not a quote but a description of um, from Tijitsu. She was a Japanese abbess at Hagujan in the 1700s, and she wrote about her liberation experience. And this is this is a just one sentence describing her writing uh, about her liberation experience. She says, she opened the clenched fist of her mind and let go and fell into the midst of everything. This can be experienced by us in many ways. It can be a cognitive understanding. It can be a devotional understanding. There's no certain way. But if we can bring this intentionality into our generosity, if we understand our generosity as a movement of non-clinging, a movement of liberation, then we can live in liberation more consistently. We are giving all the time, friends. And if we can bring our understanding and intentionality to that, we can see how it's happening. And we can see it then as a liberation practice. For example, Right now, you are breathing out carbon dioxide. You can't help it. (laughs) And this is giving life to all the green beings in your vicinity. You can't help it. And then you are receiving the oxygen back from them in this interconnection. Dana. Dana, the the Pali word for generosity. In a way, we live in generosity. Your presence here in this Sangha is a generosity. You're giving the support to each other person and then receiving it back. We can notice, when we notice this, we notice that we're living in liberation. Now, the Pali word for, gener- for generosity is dana. And dana has been associated in our retreats. For me, dana is this wide liberation practice. And dana has been associated more closely or more directly with, in our retreats, as the dana that we give to support the teachings. And in the Buddhist teachings, the, the, the monastics and the teachers would give the teachings freely in dana, and then the community would have the opportunity to give back to support the teachings and the teachers. And so this is another expression of dana. 
And I think that the Buddha made it this way so that liberation was kept at the heart of the community so that we can live in liberation together. And one of the wonderful things about this practice of dana in this sense is that then everyone can participate according to their means in this particular form of dana. They're according to their means. And in Asia, I've never been to Asia, but I've heard stories from other people about the beloved, the, the amazing experience of being in a culture which is so steeped in dana as a way of life. And I've heard from my teachers that they'll go, they would go on alms rounds and the, the villagers will give us like a small amount of rice into the alms bowl, some on the alms rounds or a small amount of food. Susie will know all about this. <laughs> so people will line up and take joy in giving in that way. And then in other contexts, people give a what, what's, un, what's also understood as the requisites for teacher support, the, the clothing and the medicine. And then other people with other means can give monasteries or land for monasteries. So there's an understanding in, in that culture of what is needed to support a teacher, and everyone can give according to their means. And it's the same here. Although I think in our tradition it's less understood what it means, what what is helpful in supporting a teacher. It's, it's we're more at sea. We don't know the model of rice requisites of food and clothing in monastery land. <laughs> so some people ask, well, what's a guideline for how for Donna? And we don't love to offer that, but I think that we think it's important actually for those of us in this context to have a bit of a range. So if you feel like that's helpful for you, Andrea is going to put a Google document or a document in our Google document collection. And if you want to read that, you can, and it offers more guidance and guidelines so that because we don't want people to feel at sea, it can be uncomfortable. But the major principle is that there are those of us who will give the rice, those of us who can give a different amount, and those of us who can give a different amount according to our means. And I want you to know, we want you to know that it's all gratefully received. (laughs) And it's an honor to live in this way with you. the Buddha invited us, no matter what it is that we give, no matter how much it is that we give, that liberation is not according to your means. (laughs) Liberation is fully here for each of us. And so the Buddha invited us, if you choose this particular form of dana, the financial form of dana, if you choose that and whatever other danas you choose, to, or however other ways you live in Tana, to take joy before you give it, as you give it, and afterwards.
And I've heard other stories from teachers in Asia saying that people who give meals will go to the monastery and be there and watch with delight as everyone in the monastery enjoys the meal. And this is, this is, this we're encouraged to take delight in our dana. So however you, if you choose this financial dana, please take it as a liberation practice and as a joy practice. And right now, take your presence here as a liberation and a joy practice. So we're going to practice generosity today intentionally, friends, together, and live in liberation in a way together today. And so we'll settle now into a meditation, and I'm going to invite us into some generosity. One of the ways we can express generosity, this giving heart. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot one thing. I think Andrea is going to put links to Donna support in the in the Google document. Donna, or Andrea? Okay, thank you. And so right now, friends, we'll, I'm going to invite us into some reflection on generosity in our, in our sit this morning. And one of the ways that we can express, as I was saying, this generous heart, this giving heart, is towards ourselves. And so this morning, as you settle into the sit, as you settle into your posture, Let yourself be generous towards yourself. Settle yourself in to your posture with generosity, giving yourself care and attention, letting yourself settle in. Offering yourself, inviting yourself to be as comfortable as you can. Opening your heart towards yourself and giving yourself this invitation into this meditation time. Inviting yourself into a posture of uprightness and also ease. Wanting to give the gifts of awakeness and ease to yourself right now. Let yourself feel that care. We can intentionally, at the beginning of a set, invite a word like gentleness or soft, soft, gentle. Invite our hearts into softness and gentleness, just with that one word. Invite our bodies into softness and gentleness. 
one way of inviting this or offering this kind heart to yourself, this open heart, this generous heart, is with a kind touch. And so sometimes people find it helpful to put a, a soft hand on the heart, even just for a moment. Just experience that warmth, that softness, that care, that offering to yourself. Or just wherever your hands are on your lap, or can give the other hand a little squeeze or a little pressure on your thigh or wherever your hand is. Just a little warmth, a little caring, gentle touch to support this giving heart. And as we settle into a sense of the body sitting, and the body breathing, we can remind ourselves that we can rest back with a kind of an ease letting the chair support support you receiving that support remembering that we can rest back and we don't have to lean forward strive or try hard to receive the sensations of the body and the breath And this reminder that we can rest into ease is a way of offering generosity to ourselves, this reminder. And then we can offer ourselves the gift of kind attention as we settle into the body and the breath. Sensing the feet on the floor. Bringing kind attention to it's a simple attention to the calves, the knees, the thighs, and the hips. Feeling the hips settled on the chair, steady. Offering this kind attention as we scan up the small in the middle of the back to the upper back. Appreciating the support of the spine. 
sensing into the kindly, into the neck and the head. And sensing back down into the shoulders, the arms and the hands. Feeling into the chest and the belly. Sensing the breath as it comes in and expands the lungs, stretches the muscles between the ribs. Just offering this kind attention as it expands in the belly. As the breath expands the side body against the arms. As it expands the back of the body against the chair or the clothing. Noticing this whole ripple of the breath as it comes in and goes out. Resting in the ebb and flow of this breathing. Offering this gift to yourself. Sometimes an image can support the sense of resting. I, we can bring in the image of the ocean swelling gently. Just riding the swell up and down. And when the mind moves away from the breath and the body, it'll come back all by itself and we can see that as just another ebb and flow. When the mind comes back and there's awakeness again, we can offer a generous heart and 
just welcome the attention back. And then rest again into the breath, rising, falling. Resting in the breath as best we can. And resting in the sense of generosity, offering ourselves this gift. We'll practice in silence for a while.
some sense of calmness or settling may be present now, or there may be a sense of agitation or other challenging thoughts or states. Whatever is present for you now, you have given yourself the gift of being present for it. And that's a great gift of generosity. And sometimes the words thank you can connect us to this gift that we give ourselves. Connect us to the gratitude. And so for the last few minutes of our sit, try whispering thank you into yourself, to your own heart for your generous intention of presence for yourself. Just as if it's helpful. Try try that as often as it feels right in the last few minutes.
So we now have the opportunity of taking this wonderful, liberating practice as Jeannie so beautifully described. This attitude, taking it into our walking, we can take this attitude anywhere we go. As Jeannie was describing, it's an attitude of what can I give to this moment? rather than what can I get from it? What can I give to my practice? What can I give as I do my walking meditation? What can I let go of? How can I make myself more available? And it's a wonderful question as you begin your walking. What is this possibility? What is this attitude of offering? Can you offer? We, we often have this idea, which is a wonderful one, of the earth offering us support as we sit or as we walk. And uh, Thich Nhat Hanh's wonderful invitation to let your footsteps be a caress of the earth. What can you offer back to the earth? What if you, each step was a gift of contact, a kind of uh, honoring and devotion to the earth? What if you looked upon the things that came into your sight as you walked as not what can I get from that, but what can I offer? A kind, it's like an extension of the the friendliness, the metta, it's like, oh, what can I give to you? And this is such a beautiful practice to just do it as you move through, as you stand up, because this is the practice that we can take into our lives. And walking is this transitional practice between sitting practice and the movement of our lives. And so it's like, what can we bring into the situation and offer that movement that Jeannie was so beautifully describing? Mm. Maybe if you do, as you do your formal walking, you might try at the end of your walking as you turn around, just sort of doing that gesture. Like just, oh offering out. So I encourage you to play with it. And the key here is that that keep releasing that liberation, not here, not the clinging, and this opening. So wonderful. Jeannie so beautifully described how this foundational practice of the Buddha, the first thing he taught people is also this liberation practice of releasing the self. We'll say more as the day goes on. So enjoy your walking. The next sit will be a silent sit. And we'll continue our practice together. Enjoy. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash 
donate.